Psalm 37, and I'll read verses 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for the fact that it changes us, uh, that you change us by the power of your spirit and word. And we pray that you would do so now and that you would continue to do so, that we would conform ourselves to the image of Christ, and he was the word. We thank you, Father. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, it feels a lot different standing up here. It's a lot bigger. The, uh, the first sentence here is, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And most of you are probably familiar with the phrase, A journey of a thousand miles begins with a, th- a single step. And I told you before about this book that we just read that John Overmiller had lent us called A Long Obedience. And then Jane had said it's her favorite book. And uh, this, it's hard to believe that a journey from up northern Siberia near Japan and that culminates in India began with a single step. That's a long way to walk. Uh, A year ago or two years ago, I forget now, but Tabitha was teaching at Kiwit Construction. And in her exercise classes, she noted that a lot of the people wore pedometers. And that's because they gave rebates to their people. If they got over 10,000 steps a day, their health insurance cost them less. So they had to get up to 10,000 steps. Now, 10,000 steps seems like a lot, but one of her 45-minute Zumba classes got me up to 6,000 steps. So that's a lot. A lot of jumping around. This is really loud, isn't it? But uh, anyway, we are to not despise the day of small beginnings. And a beginning starts with a single step. Our text says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's easy to read through the meaning of that. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So that means, see, the step... Now, you can think of life as being breathing, your heart beating, but another way is to view it as steps. And that's a good way of looking at it when you're wanting to talk about what you do, because... Your steps have more to do with what you do than does breathing, right? You can't do it if you're not breathing and your heart isn't beating, but yet you have to go somewhere. You have to do something, and steps imply action. The steps, the actions of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And what does it mean by ordered? There is another proverb that uh, explains this, Proverbs 16.9. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So see, being in step with God is to be obedient to him, is to be in communion with him. So that's what this text is all about. It's about walking with God, about doing his will. First Peter 3.21 reads that we, following Christ's example, should follow his steps. And of course, we're talking about actions. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So see, that's our heart's desire, is to do what God wants us to do, to go where God wants us to go. But are you a good man? Are you a good woman? The degree to which you're good is the degree to which you're obeying God, the degree to which you're walking with God, communing with Him. 
There is a verse that I was moved by a few weeks ago, and I shared it with uh, Phil and Gary in passing. I, I couldn't find it in the text, though, but I did find it this morning, and it is Isaiah 30, and I'll start reading at verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Is your relationship with God such that you hear his voice? We can all hear God's voice. It's just in many ways we tune him out. We don't obey him and he stops talking to us because we ignore him. We disobey him. So if you live your life not tuned to hear God's voice, then your steps aren't directed by God. Now, I know God is sovereign. I know that God directs our steps. But what I'm saying is that unless you know that you're walking in obedience to God, then you're not hearing his voice. You're not really walking with him as you ought to be. Dumb animals fulfill God's purpose on its earth. And you're not a dumb animal. And so you should seek God's voice. You should seek to be in communion with him such that you hear him such that you feel his presence with you. The next sentence is even more remarkable. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the next sentence reads, and he delights in his way. God delights in the path that a good man or good woman takes. Does God delight in your way? Are you a good man? Are you a good woman? The fact that God can take delight in us should move us to want to be good. Now, what does it mean to be good? It doesn't mean to be sinless. We know that. You can't be sinless. So what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be obedient? I'm not talking perfection, and I think you should understand that after all the many times we've shared this. But we forget, and we do think sometimes that it depends on us. But see, to be obedient to God is to obey Him. And see, there are lots of ways in which we obey Him despite our sins. For instance, I walk past a daycare every day, pretty much, when I go to work. It's the first national daycare. And I never tire of seeing parents get out of their vehicle and go into the daycare or even out with the little ones that they're still walking someplace else. But uh, during the morning, I'll see them going in. During the evening, I'll see them going out. And everybody's different. As simple as that seems to you, you can see so much by watching how parents and their kids interact. Now, you're around cars, you know, and so it's kind of dangerous, and you've got little ones that maybe want to take off. And so some of the parents are fairly careful, you know. But after you've been doing this week in, week out, month in, month out, you can, anybody could become careless. And yet, 
think of our walking with God, our being in step with God, as being us being walked into the daycare, walked out of the daycare. Our parent takes us by the hand and they walk us to that facility. They walk us back. Now, some kids resent this. You know, the parent reaches out for them. You know, they're just walking away. They want to do it themselves. They want to be themselves. They will want their parents hand holding them. And so that describes some of us at times. We don't want God with us. And yet, does God ever let us go? No, no, he's always there. But yet, the next verse says, though he fall, speaking of the man, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. See, you will fall. Even these children fall because, see, the, the parent is not carrying them. The parent is not, does not have them up here. The parent is walking with them. The parent is even directing where that child walks. I tend to walk my wife to and from, wherever we're out and about. I'm always getting her out of the car, putting her in the car. I walk her where we're going. So if she's walking into a puddle and I'm not, it's my fault. I'm the one that's taking the lead. And so I try not to do that. I always try to think, okay, where am I going to walk my wife to where she is not inconvenienced? If there's a curb to go over, I'll climb it. I'll have her walk up the, the absence of the curb. But see, God is a little bit different. Because see, he wants us sometimes to have to navigate those curbs, navigate those puddles. So he takes us right through them. Now, what happens if we as children are walking with God when we have stuff like that happen? We can get angry at our parent, can't we? You walked me right into that puddle. You knew that puddle was there. Why? Now, of course, a little child, they're very glad they walked in the puddle. So the, the analogy breaks down there. But we know that when we go through experiences in our life that we resent, it's easy for us to blame God. It's easy for us to blame others. We don't accept the fact that God wants us there. We just can't accept the fact that God wants us to go through the struggles that we sometimes do. And so we resent it. But yet, that's the truth. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. So see, God is there. He wants us going where we're going, but he wants us to hold on to him. He doesn't want us to reject his leadership. And that touch of God's that we feel is that constant communion that we should want with him. That voice that can direct us to take the right hand or take the left hand. But yet you have to be walking with God. If you ignore his voice, he doesn't talk to you. You have to seek him. You have to want him. A righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. A good man or a good woman is not one who never falls, but they're the ones who hang on to God, who will always rise up, who don't become bitter, who don't take on self-pity as an emblem of their suffering. Self-pity doesn't belong in a Christian. We are to look past all that. We are to rise above all of that. We are to acknowledge that what God wants is our growth. God doesn't want our happiness as much as he wants our holiness. And so we will be brought 
to points where we fall down. If we are not falling down, then we're not walking with God either. Because he wants us to go through those struggles. He needs us to go through those struggles for our own good, for our usefulness to him as children. So now, though he fall, see, I believe that is read, though he fall, as an inevitability. The falls will come. They just happen. But we must rise up and remain obedient in following Christ. And the table is partly that. It is clinging to God. It is wanting God's active obedience in your life. You want to be with God. You want to not drift away from him. So see, when we come to communion, we come to admit our need of God, our desire for God. So when we come to the table today, let's remember that we must cling to God through all the struggles of life, not want to try to do it without him. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your uh, presence with us now and always. And we pray, Father, for those that may be struggling with things that uh, the rest of us don't even understand. Uh, We know, Father, that you are present in their life. We know that you guide us through the difficult times. And so we pray, Father, for such people, that you would be their God, that they would turn to you in their hour of need. We thank you for your presence with us now and always. In Christ's name, amen.